Okay, here we go. Welcome to our latest co-hosted podcast. I'm Chuck Marple, your host with my co-host, Karen E. How are you doing tonight, Karen? I'm doing well, despite some of the technical difficulties we've already experienced in trying to record this. How are you? I'm doing fine, and that is frustrating. In particular, I found out was a lot of it was at my end. But tonight, we're going to talk about a little incident that with our former president. He brought a lot of materials, and he tried to say that he owned these materials, and uh, they're not. They're our materials. They belong to the archives of the United States of America. And through these, recently, 11 classified sets of materials were part of 15 boxes the former president had removed and stored in an unsecured room in his primary residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. As someone who has handled these types of documents, Karen, can you explain why this is a problem? Um, yes. There were three specific classifications that were recovered in this most recent search. There was um, confidential, secret, top secret, SCI, which is the um, secure compartmentalized information. And each one of those levels um, is an increasing amount of damage to national security. You know, confidential is damage, secret is serious damage, and um, top secret is grave damage. And he had, I believe it was four sets of the top secret SCI and 11 of the secret and classified. The types of information that uh, he had, they also mentioned recently, I think I saw it yesterday or today for the first time, he had SAP documents, which SAP is Special Access Program. The process to be read into a, a SAP program is pretty intense. Um, if you're read in, you're not supposed to tell people that you're read in. Um, that's one of the biggest things. You have to go through an additional level of security it's not that you could get another clearance because like i i still have until january of next year a tssci clearance that also that clearance enables you to have sap access for programs that your leadership allows you to have access to that you need in order to do your job and most sap programs have a limited number of people that can be read into each program so I can't really go into any more detail than that, but for the most part, it's pretty controlled with the number of people that are read into it. I saw an article last week on CNN that was kind of alarmist talking about, you'd be surprised how many people have access to classified information. It's in the millions and all of that. Well, that's ridiculous. Like that's alarmist. It's not like that at all. And I've also seen where they, the media has been incorrect and stating that the SAP is only for people that have a need to know. All classified information from confidential up to TSSCI and SAP, you have to have a need to know for all of that. I can't bust into anybody's vault in a squadron and say, I want to see your secrets because I have a secret clearance. I want to be let into your top secret skiff because I have a top secret. If I don't have a reason, if I'm not part of a mission that is needs those materials. I can't see those materials. I can't know about that program. And so for TSSCI, like you have a secure, you can have a secure area. I've been in a secure classroom. 
Permuon avionics, which is a vaulted door. I've been in a squadron safe, which is essentially a gigantic room with a bunch of cubicles. And I've also been in what's called a skip. And that is like a secure area within a secure area. And that's where the top secret stuff is, is held. Now, SAP, uh, that is a totally different office. That was managed by a group of like eight civilians on this one particular base I was at. And you have to go through a half-day briefing to be told about SAP. You have to report if your credit gets below a certain level. You have to report any travel internationally except for deployments that are part of the mission. You have to report any contact with a foreign national, not counting, you know, obviously you're deployed with foreign nationals and you're working the same job. But if you have family friends, if you have family and they're coming to visit, you have to report that. If you go on a new medication that's other than, you know, something for a cold or something like that, if you go on any kind of like um, SSRI or anything like that, it has to be reported to the SAP office. So SAP programs are, are almost at the same level as the PRP, which is personal reliability program. And that's for people that handle nuclear things. So if you're at a nuclear base working with a, a, a airplane, this is for Air Force, working with an airplane that can carry nukes, you're on what's called PRP status. It's stricter than flight status in that anytime you ha go to the doctor, it has to be reported. Like they can take you off PRP if you go on like sinus medication. You'll be off PRP for a week or however long <clears throat> you're sick. If you... If your grandmother dies and you're depressed, you have to report that on PRP. SAP isn't quite that intense, but I'm like as I'm showing you, it's pretty close to that same level. So <clears throat> I knew kids when I went through training and when I was an instructor that we, they used to have to give secret briefings um, to instructors as part of their missions towards the end of their course. And so some of them would take classified notes on a little piece of paper and they'd have it in their pocket and they'd bring it into our secure briefing rooms and they would brief you with their piece of paper. They were able to keep that in their pocket of their flight suit. Uh, we didn't really like for them to carry it over to the fighter brief. They usually didn't do that. Most of them would just have it ready and they, before they came in for their briefing at our squad and they would go get their paper and come back. Well, both when I was a student and when I was an instructor, we had it happen more than once each time where somebody didn't go after the mission they're supposed to go shred that piece of paper because nobody like the shredder you could get into where the shredder was but you couldn't get back into where the folders were so you couldn't put your piece of paper away but you could shred it behind the first door that everybody had access to everybody's badge would get them to the shredder so they were required to shred this piece of paper and a lot of them would take notes in a way that probably you if they lost their paper, nobody would really understand what it was saying. It was just memory joggers for them. But technically, it's classified information. So people that were caught, or they, some of them would confess to it. I'm sorry, I went home, I put on my flight suit this morning, and I still have my classified notes in my pocket. I knew of people that were just reprimanded. I know of people that had their security clearance yanked. I know somebody that did it twice and lied about it and was kicked out of the Air Force. And that's just for secret. And that's for notes that probably don't make sense to anybody, but those of us that actually know what we're looking at. So 
to find out that he had four TSSCI documents or whatever, however many pages that amounts to, because I have no idea what he had, is extremely concerning to me. And even his, his, I can declassify anything because I'm the president of the United States. One of the things about TSSCI, and this is not, I'm not revealing anything that's not already out there and that you can't find just on Wikipedia. A lot of what is in TSSCI is how we collect. It, it gives away specific information that could put people's lives in danger. So that the reason it's classified at that level is to protect people, whether it's Americans or other people from other countries that are working with us. And so when, when that is just, just hanging out at Mar-a-Lago, that is extremely concerning. And that, that could end up with people dying, you know, and I don't, I don't really want to know what he has because that would probably infuriate me anymore. But what bothers me the most is the entitlement that I, I know about this. I was the president. So these are my documents. That's not true. These documents have capabilities in them that yes, he's privy to as president. And I would have a hard time believing that he wouldn't have to sign a non-disclosure agreement when he left the service like I did, or when he left the presidency, I signed it at the end, basically saying, I know I know stuff, you know I know stuff, I'm not going to tell anybody what I know. And I can't imagine that even though the president isn't required to have a clearance, that somewhere in there, he didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yes, he can declassify anything he wants, but the problem right now is the documents still have markings, and with the markings means it's classified. And I don't know for, like, ordinary people that I don't it's common knowledge amongst the people in the military but every single line in a document is marked with a classification so you can have a document that's completely unclassified except for three words and those three words are secret so that entire page is secret because of those three words in that one line and that's the sort of thing that he can't just take what he wants I doubt it's technical things about airplanes or tanks or those sorts of capabilities but I do think what he has is probably pertains a lot to the investigation into the 2016 election with the FBI. I I'd read an article that said he was hoping to reveal that and things that made other people look, look unfavorable. I, I think that it probably, my assessment is that he kept it as like a tool for the reelection that he was going to somehow use it to prove that he was persecuted or that, you know, he tried to do something or that he is saving us from something. I don't know, like, how his mind works and how he would justify that. But I can see that he would have perhaps thought that he could use it as a tool for his own reelection. What's what's the what's the greatest way to make sure that you win after you've been defeated? Take as much as you can that will help you win when you run again in four years. Well, and it is very troubling for me as having studied history and being a lot of study of military history. One of the more interesting points that shows how, and this is not nothing new, all this top secret stuff goes back many, many decades of time. But during World War II, we came up with the most wonderful uh, way to break the Jap uh, Japanese code. Uh, it's a diplomatic code, and it was called magic. 
and they had a very, very small list of people who could see it, starting with the President of the United States. Even theater commanders were not allowed to be do it because they was given such specific information about it. So one time somebody went in there, some mil, one of his military aides, and found something in the trash can that the president or somebody around the president had dropped, and it was a magic to dispatch that was decoded for him. There was a time period where President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was kept out of the magic loop until that was taken care of. That shows how serious that these, these things are because, as you said, lives are at stake in, quite possibly in at the top ones he had. And we, we just don't know. I mean, there was one document that they said they gave a little bit of inf information on that had Macron, the leader of France. There were several pages about him on there. What that was that he could use, I don't know. But the point of it is, is first and foremost, despite all the security issues on there, it is not his property. When anything that he, that comes about as his presidency, be it papers, be it gifts, anything else, does not belong to the president of the United States. It belongs to the archives or the Smithsonian or whatever, basically the people of the United States. Now, we don't get to see all these things, nor should we. I don't want to know everything that, that they, they know in there. It's dangerous. But it is not his to use willy-nilly or take willy-nilly and think it's even a gift he's not supposed to have. Well, there's only a certain amount of limits onto it. It belongs to the people. It belongs to the nation. And if it will take that just as that point there, why he took it and that's the way he felt, well, no, it doesn't work that way. And then we tell the security issues with it are beyond belief. And, yeah. you know, tell me, what would happen to you if you – were found. Well, you just mentioned what happened to people in, you know, in just a secret, not even at this level. What what would happen to you and what you were doing if you were caught blowing some of that stuff when you, particularly when you were doing the radar stuff in Cutter? Uh, I can't even imagine, like because the the burden that you feel when you have access to that level of information keeps you from from saying anything or even even considering that like you i always felt privileged to know what was going on but it was sort of like i didn't want to i didn't want to think about it outside of work like it was just the thing that i did at work i didn't think about it talk about it whatever outside of work because it didn't matter to me outside of work but like the thought never even crossed my mind i'm i know there's jail i think if i had 700 pages of that kind of information at home, I'm pretty sure I'd probably be in jail for life if not executed. That they would find that would look like treason. Exactly. Yeah, it would go against the Espionage Act if you had it had it in there. Even if you had no intention of doing anything with it, if you just want to keep it as a memento, you know, you, you just can't do the, those kinds of things. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen. I know from experience that she'll get to a certain to uh, topic of what she's doing. And then she said, well, I can't tell you anything more about it. And this is for her own family. She knows that we're not going to go around talking about it, but she can't take the chance. It's a responsibility I wouldn't want now, particularly in my term of life. It's kind of like, so I was doing some research on Vietnam last week and I learned about the Pentagon Papers. So all I, all I know nothing about Vietnam from, history in high school or middle school we didn't talk about that we started at the beginning of the united states and we only got so far 
in any of history. And I really think that we just, we weren't talking about Vietnam. So everything I've learned, I've learned in the military context in our professional development um, training. So I was reading some things about what happened in the Vietnam War in the 70s. And I came across the Pentagon Papers, which I know you're probably familiar with, you know, oh, talking yeah. about how, um, oh, his name just slipped my mind, Daniel Ellsberg. Yes. How he, he had been in the Marines and he felt uncomfortable with the United States level of involvement in Vietnam, but more so that the public wasn't aware that activity had been increasing and there had been raids and there had been, you know, coastal attacks with the Marines that hadn't been reported and the public had no idea at this period of time. But I, then I also found out, and I didn't really pay much attention because I was more looking at it from Vietnam, that that also extended back to World War II and times when the government was kind of like secretly stepping up level of involvement, you know, and the president was sort of allowing things. And it, it seems like in a way that's sort of a good thing to have citizens understand that, you know, the government is working behind your back and there's things going on. And, you know, especially with something like Vietnam, people are being sent over there and you kind of have this good faith that, Activities actually winding down, you know, or there's not more going on than you think. And you think that your loved ones are not going to be there much. The draft's going to be over soon, but it's secretly ramping up. And, you know, that's something that feeds, definitely feeds into the anti-war protest movements because it's like, see, we told you there's a conspiracy here. And so for, for one perspective, I can see that there is some value sometimes in citizens knowing that the government is doing things behind your back that you wouldn't approve of that really shouldn't be happening. But that's not what this is. This is a person that, that has very narcissistic tendencies that mm -hmm. we don't know if he's using this for reelection. Is he using this? Is he threatening to sell this? Has he already sold some of this? Has he already formed ties with some of those dictators and, authoritarian government leaders that he loves based on some of this data because i i saw it it's trying to be funny it's not funny it's really tragic but it said what does somebody who refuses to read books need 700 pages of documents for so mm -hmm. i mean he wasn't interested yeah. in most of the briefings that he got that he's supposed to be making decisions on so what did he take and why that's the yeah, question it, it, that is a good question. I mean, because they, they would talk about in the briefings that they would come in by three by five cards and had three things to tell them. And if it was about Russia, that was at the very end. They had to tell them the most things. And he said he would read the stuff later, but he never did read it. And that's a scary situation, too, for the president of the United States not to be interested in what, what affects us all so much. It, it's very frightening that... Um, some of this is being used in a different way too. We're going a little bit of different direction with this that I hadn't intended, but it's important that the, many of his supporters are using this to attack the FBI. Now, to me, there are things that are wrong. Republicans doing this, uh, this kind of thing. They keep talking about we back the blue, we back the blue. Were they? It was the Republicans who real Republican uh, mega people who pushed the assault on the Capitol, the insurrection, or as the Republicans want to call it, 
legitimate political discourse. And yet 140 some odd city police and capital police were injured with more than one dying because of it. And then to attack the, the FBI, who really, they loved the FBI when it was investigating Hillary and what had happened there. And all of a sudden the FBI is an enemy. You know, they're just another form of blue. Do I always agree with the FBI? No. During the Hoover time, there was a lot of bad things going on within the FBI. If you weren't a white, highly educated male, you weren't going to get into it. And that presents all kinds of other issues. Uh, he was very dictatorial, but we won't. But we don't want to spend that much time not talking about that. But it was scary to me. It's scary to me when they are physically threatening FBI. And one of the reasons he wanted to show video from it is so they could identify the agents there. They had done that. And they were upset because they weren't in, in, in ties and things. They were in more of a field clothes thing, which is what the FBI allows when they're doing it. These kinds of th- kinds of uh, recovery things, and yeah. like a federal judge to to approve it. Well, not only, you talk about the federal judge real quick. They had to remove all of his information from the website because people were threatening him. People wanted to kill him, and he is um, Jewish, and he was not able to go to his synagogue, and they've had to change things because he's had death threats. Now, like, that is puzzling to me that a judge isn't going to just do whatever. Like, he doesn't care about politics. They're not supposed to be about politics. He has to look at the evidence, look at what he's presented, and determine that, yes, I'm going to sign off on this warrant. This is going to go ahead and go through. This, I, 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 There's no political target here. And that is what I think Trump has been great at, is turning things political and, like, it's mind boggling to me the way that people just follow him. Like they don't even think about, does this make sense? Does this seem logical? Like first he said, well, they're mine. Then he said, well, Obama and Hillary took more. No, that's not true. And the, you know, national archives said, no, we have all of their documents. Obama's classified documents are in this safe, in this place, properly locked up. And then he was like, I declassify them. It, it doesn't work that way. You don't go, I'm taking this paper to the residence. It's mine now. Here I go. Like, it doesn't work that way. You have to, there's a process for it. And I know they've said repeatedly, he doesn't care about the process. And it's just frustrating and depressing. And seeing people just jump all over it and talk about how it's a witch hunt. And people have Trump derangement syndrome and all this other stuff. But it's like, I'm confused. Because have you noticed nobody wants to represent him as a lawyer because he doesn't pay his lawyer. He owes Cohen money. He owes Giuliani money, supposedly. He didn't pay anybody that helped him build his casinos in Atlantic City. He, He doesn't pay. And everybody that he has allowed into his inner circle, he's somehow managed to destroy. So it's only so long, unless you're family, before you're destroyed and he's not going to take your calls and he doesn't care what happens to you. You know, look at Mad Dog Mattis, look at, you know, John Kelly, look at Mark Meadows, look at all of these people and they're not in the inner circle anymore. And the first thing they say, that person's worthless. I fired them. 
they weren't good. So I got rid of her. She, she's ugly and she's worthless and she's just a young idiot. She didn't do anything in this office. And so it's so weird to me that people don't see through that. It's what he's done literally with every single person that helped him at some point in the campaign or while he was president that has, has just eventually become fed up with him and said, look, he's a jerk. He doesn't know. Well, you you look at the Mueller report. And the way Bill Barr covered for him, because he put got allowed the narrative to to come out that there wasn't anything chargeable on there, when now they're showing things that they had intention of charging of, of chargeable offenses of obstructing of justice and so on. It's, it's really problematic when somebody thinks they are so entitled to do whatever they want whether it was in family business, whether it was, it was lying to the tax people about the value of, of, of his business and then lying to the banks to overinflate what his businesses were worth on the same properties. I mean, it, it's, it's just frustrating that he could still engender the amount of support that he has across the board. And we, we can even pivot a little bit with what's going on in the various elections. That the, some of the people that he's putting out, there's three of them in particular, Vance in Ohio, your, your state, and people aren't too thrilled with him. And um, crazy man Oz, Dr. Oz, who nobody has a lot of sense that he knows what he's talking about. And really, Fetterman is doing a good job of posting him as being a New Jersey resident and certainly not a Pennsylvania one. And then, of course, our own Herschel Walker. Who lie, oh, wow. who's lied about everything that comes up and he has no clue about anything. He doesn't think we, he thinks we already have enough trees so we shouldn't be putting money into the environment. I saw it, that it, today. It, it, is, it is sickening for, for those of us who live in states and have to put up with, with this kind of stuff uh, wherever we go. And it, it's an unbelievable thing. They said there are 24 elections officials around the country that have come out and they're election deniers. These people will have say over what happens, how this election is, is set up and done in all these states if they get into the position. From Raffensperger, our own, who followed his rule. And let me make one quick thing on that. If you do your job, that does not make you a hero. I agree 100%. The, I will grant a, to, to Pence a little bit beyond that because he was so threatened by everything, and yet he did the, did the right thing. But for the most part, whether it's the governor of Georgia, whether it's the secretary of state of Georgia, if we get down to the, the vice president, if you follow the rules, the constitutions of your state, the rules of, of, the, of the office, you don't deserve to become a hero. You deserve to say a pat on the back. You know, and, and I don't care what it is. If they, you could even look to some extent with the firemen who were on duty and the, and the police at uh, on 9-11. There are more heroes than anything else, but they were always doing their job and they were always putting themselves, all of these people, in line of duty to die or to get injured. And they're doing their job. They deserve more to be heroes than people like the governor the Secretary of State. And even then, well, like I say, they, 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 they've got, they're not heroes. Well, no, I mean, there's a huge difference between 
policemen and firemen that are putting their lives in the line of danger doing their job. I mean, traditionally doing politics shouldn't put your life on the line, but right now it kind of is. But Mm -hmm. no, like, and you know, I feel the same way about Liz Cheney. I don't agree with her on a lot of things. She's no hero. She's doing the right thing, but that doesn't make her a hero. She still has some pretty despicable policies. Yeah, I mean, there's she is a very conservative member of Congress from a very conservative family. And we can admire her for standing up to being a traditional Republican instead of a MAGA Republican. But the truth of the matter is, I really want her, don't want her running for president and becoming president either. I mean, that's, no. that's no better than Ted Cruz or any, any of those people who either accepted him or rejected him. I mean, there are some Republicans that I wouldn't be unhappy with. Kasich, of a former governor of Ohio, was a reasonable Republican. He was a moderate. He wasn't a super conservative one. He would have been okay in 2016. He was one of the few candidates that talked about the facts and didn't get drained into the, drawn, I should say, into the arguments with the former president. So, you know, but there's so many others and the majority of them are that. And we really, really got hope that those people are weeded out between now and Election Day of 2024, including the former president. From what he is doing, he should be forever banned from holding any office of trust again in the United States. I mean, they don't have to charge him with sedition. They don't have to charge him with cheese. And they should just make sure that he's not somebody sometime, somewhere, has got to hold him accountable. You know, it reminds me of, of that scene in Bessel Whorehouse when the governor's up there and they're asking him about closing the whorehouse. And he says, says, somebody somewhere is going to have to do something. And I think we've got that maybe Mary Garland is the person. We can only hope something happens for him to be held accountable for this. Yeah. And I think this week will kind of show us what's going to happen depending on how much of that... Um, search affidavit is is uh released if any of it you know that that's the roadmap by which the doj is looking at at this and some pretty serious charges that have come out of this and so it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out but it seems like they've got some pretty juicy witnesses that know what what's happened i think i don't think we'll find out for a very long time who the source is that said there's classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, even though they told you in June, there's not, there's more. I'm very curious as to who would have done that. Obviously somebody who knows something, it's probably a very small group that have that level of detail. And it's, it's probably somebody important. Well, some people suggested it's Melania. <laughs> I don't think she got that much interest, but it could be. And some people have even said Ivanka might've done it out of a patriotic duty or something. I don't know. I doubt it's a family member, but, but you do, you just don't know. Maybe it was Baron. Yeah, you, you just don't know. Maybe it was Eric. Not doubtful. <laughs> well, the, the, the boys, did you watch, have you watched the documentary about them? No, I haven't. It, on Discovery Plus, if you watch that, you can see that uh, Eric and Donald Jr. are pretty unhinged. Yeah. And, and they're talking about he's a Donald Jr. is in one of the like number nine and number 10 in 
Republican lines to be running for president from the Republican Party. It's a crazy thing. Neither one of them, though, I think have they're not like they're they're like their father in some ways, but they they aren't. I don't think they have the ability to convince people the way that he did. Well, probably the problem is that he they've been out there and in the public eye and they just weren't brought up in it. They were brought up in a whole different uh, situation. And I just don't think they're capable of doing it. And I don't and think they, they have also, the say They don't have he, the ability. One of the things that I've heard Trump supporters say is, you know, it's not true, but they said that, you know, he's a self-made businessman. He He made his own fortune, which also isn't true, but his kids can't claim that. So no, they yeah, don't maybe they, have they, that same sort of connectability. It's really fascinating how one little thing like this can lead to such a, a good discussion on this and all the little tidbits that come along on it. So uh, before we close out, is there any final thing you want to say tonight? Um, I'm just hopeful that none of these documents have been released to anybody foreign and that we don't find out that somebody's died that's helped our country or is part of our country. That's my biggest concern as the people will have or already have lost their lives for information that he's released. That that would be the, the scariest situation. And that's why they've got to be very, very careful about anything released. And what I'm seeing from that judge now, he sounded in the beginning that he was leaning towards releasing some of the documents. Now he said he may not release any of the documents. And you know something? I don't care whether it's released or not. I don't care what I get to read from it, what I hear from it. But all I want to know is how accountable this president's going to, this ex-president is going to be for all of his sins that he's done to this country. There's never been anybody as dividing this country Certainly not since the election of Abraham Lincoln, and that was a different kind of division. Ironically, many of the same people who supported that rebellion, their descendants are the ones that are listening to them. And what gets me, and your mother and I were talking about this in the last few days, is that the people who are supporting him are probably in some of the most definitive need in the entire country, as far as poverty, as education, and everything else, which is sad. So I don't know why they think that this billionaire cares about them, and it's frustrating. Yes. Well, thank you for co-hosting again, and thank you out there, listeners, for being part of our audience. God bless you. God bless this great nation and its legitimate leaders, and God bless and protect our troops wherever they are. Good night.